Hello and welcome to our next episode of the Brown Girl Confessions podcast. Before I introduce our lovely guest for this episode, I wanted to share a few thoughts around what's been happening around the world concerning the share inequalities that still remain in our society and the racism the black community is still having to face every day. As a South Asian myself, I know that much more needs to be done within our communities to address the vast and racist narratives that unfortunately still exist and have been embedded in our society for quite a long time. The conversations along with action over a few weeks is not going to solve it. It has to be a continued effort um, played on our part and our communities to really start a dialogue and keep addressing and calling out certain behaviours. Our next episode touches on the issue of colorism present within the South Asian community today. We're really excited to be joined by Ananya Sethi, who is a model and social media influencer from Edison, New Jersey, who believes in promoting self-confidence and love through her voice on social media and in the modelling field. Ananya touches on her personal experience around colorism um, and also wants to spread the message of being confident in your own body, especially to girls in South Asian communities. Ananya is now collaborating to start a company called EQ Equation, which counsels people of all age groups in emotional intelligence to promote leadership and confidence. So let's begin. Thank you uh, so much for joining us today, Nanya, um, and for being part of this episode. Um, I thought we'd start off with um, you possibly giving us an introduction to where you're currently at and what you're doing. Sure. Um, hi, my name is Ananya, and I am currently a model and social media influencer. Um, I'm from New Jersey, uh, and I am the second generation in America um, and I've kind of grown up outside of India all my life. Um, and I believe very strongly about colorism and um, this kind of stigma around being darker in the uh, South Asian community. So I've been um, really promoting the conversation of uh, colorism uh, through my social media and through my photography and stuff like that um, in the recent years. Um, and I am also uh, I'm also a student. I uh, I go to uh, Kane University, and I am studying molecular biology and biotechnology, which is very different than um, what I'm doing outside of university with uh, modeling. But I felt like um, I need to voice my word um, very very early on. So. Cool. Thank you. Um, and um, on the point that you mentioned around the work that you're doing around colorism, um, where did that stem from? Is there a personal story behind that? So um, I grew up. I grew up in a um, very comparatively modern um, Punjabi family. However, uh, going out um, to parties and uh, generally to people's houses, stuff like that. I felt a judgment. I felt like um, people were talking about me, whether it be about, um, I do have a single parent. My mom is my only caretaker. Um, whether it be about that, whether it be about the color of my skin, whether it be about how I look, I feel like in the 
um, Indian community um, or even this generally the South Asian community, we don't we're, we don't accept people for who they are. Um, so I feel like I was never accepted from my community, and that really stemmed into um, me wanting to speak out about it when I grew up and just wanting other girls like me who are growing up um, and feeling this way to feel better about themselves, feel a little more accepted in their own community. And in terms of you mentioning around acceptance, um, what did that look like in terms of um, certain individuals in the community um, making you feel, I guess, not part of, um, I guess, their community because of, of simply due to parents? Um, um, I think it was a lot more towards my mom than it was to me growing up because mm -hmm. obviously I was younger. Um, and so, but although it did affect me because it was said in front of me at the end of the day. So um, there was a lot said, there was things said um, to the point of uh, how will you take care of her? You can't take care of her alone. There was stuff said to me about how, how I'm gonna be grown, like how am I gonna grow up? Um, who am I going to look up to? Like, they just did not feel like my mom could take care of me alone. Um, there was a lot said in terms of, oh, like, let your grandparents adopt you. Like, don't like, don't stay with your mom. Um, there was so much said. And um, in terms of colorism, it was a lot of don't go outside. You'll get dark. Um, you'll get darker than you already are. Uh, don't get don't get hurt on your face. Like, don't get scars on your face. They're going to stay forever. And it's going to, people won't like see you the same. There was a lot said, um, very, you know, people don't realize how the, even the littlest things affect, um, affect us. Um, and so whenever all these things were said, it, it a, a part of it stayed in my heart. I, I wouldn't say that I said anything at the moment because I don't think I understood the situation enough to say anything. Um, but now that I have learned about it, I have read up about it, I have um, spoke to other women about it, it's just, um, it's a big issue that um, isn't really spoken about and sh light isn't really shed upon it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and how, and I, and I can't imagine, but how difficult was it to prioritize your mental health uh, within that situation and to, to balance not taking to heart, but also to see through it all and, and be stronger? Um, you know, in the Indian community or even in the, just the generally the South Asian community, mental health is not prioritized at all. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of push it aside. We have these goals set for ourselves and our parents have these goals set for us, um, you know, do well at school, um, do well in life, make money, um, have, make a family for yourself. Um, but we never set the goal of being happy. Um, and so I strongly believe uh, that being happy is a very important goal. Um, and growing up, I, I did, there was, I, I did go into depression. I did um, start feeling like I wasn't good enough. My self-esteem was at an all-time low. Um, I was not confident in my skin. And that was just because people around me, I, I started judging myself because people were judging me. Um, yeah. Was I not good enough? Um, 
was I doing something wrong? Was my mom doing something wrong? So in terms of all that, like generally I used to look in the mirror and not be happy with myself. I used to be like, why do I look this way? Why do I not look like my Caucasian friends? Um, why do I not look like the other kids at school? Why do my parents not look like the other kids at school's parents? Um, stuff like that. And I think that took a very big toll on my mental health in terms of um, not accepting myself, lowering my self-esteem and just being unhappy. Um, and and it, like now that I look back at it, it genuinely was, it came from this place in my heart where I didn't even know why I was feeling that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And in terms of what you're saying, so uh, this thought is is centuries old, and it, and it feels like it's just stayed, especially within the community, with us for such a long time. Um, and for some reason, well, I think there are obvious reasons in terms of um, like specific um, lightning skin products still being promoted by individuals from the South Asian community themselves of influence. Um, but this narrative is still there in terms of having to look um, a certain way and it'll be of a certain color. Um, and I guess, how bad is it, I guess, within within the diaspora, within um, America, within New Jersey itself? Um, well, I live in a very, very heavily South Asian populated area. Um, so when I do, when I go to the grocery stores, I see all the creams, I see Fair and Lovely, I see the ponds, I see uh, bleach, uh, boxes of bleach, I see all of that, you know? Um, and I see people picking it up off the shelves too, because it is such a strongly um, promoted uh, item. It's such a strongly promoted uh, skincare per se um, item. So in terms of seeing it and in terms of it being around, it is very much here. It's here in America as well. Um, and it is being promoted the same way it would be promoted in India or in any other South Asian country. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of it being wrong, it is, I think the fact that our celebrities are endorsing it is so incorrect. I feel like um, we look up to celebrities. We are a very, like Bollywood is a very big um, community. It's a very big, um, it's a very inspiring community. And when they do something like this, where they promote a skincare per se, I mean, I won't call it skincare, but when they um, promote an item as such, um, it's it's teaching young girls and boys to that it's okay. It's okay to put it on your skin. Um, you turn on the television, you look at an ad, and um, Shah Rukh Khan is on there, and he's promoting a skincare that is um a, a lightness cream a lighting sorry a lightning cream um it's okay it's okay because he's doing it it's okay because um such a big celebrity is doing it so i be, i strongly believe that they need to start like looking at what they're promoting and start um kind of being mindful of the effect it's having on the community in general mm. um and and stop at the end of the day um yeah and you would have thought that more would have been done to still dismantle that perception that's been there for so long but how how can we or how do you challenge those narratives that have been embedded within the system within the way that we think or within the 
the way that certain community think for for years um and how do you call that out um i think we need to start looking at it with a very narrow lens we need to start pointing out the things that happen around us um, we can't really i don't think it's easy to change the government's viewpoint or go to india and change that you know um but if we are looking at the little things um start calling these little things out um you know and we don't we don't see it because we are very um i think as a as a community we are very we uh, turn a blind eye to a lot of things but um a, a generation like mine our generation uh, we need to start really pointing it out if someone is saying something um calling someone uh dark or me making them feel um not pretty or um disgusting in a sense we need to call it out we need it, it is a form of bullying um <clears throat> when you look at it it is a form of bullying and it is it, it's it's it affects that person and if we stand for you know a lot of people say i'm a feminist um or they're like generally they're a feminist um and if you're a feminist you cannot stand for something which is um degrading women you know it is it is generally putting us down our self esteem down it is putting our confidence down like that you can't stand for that so if you're calling yourself an activist or a feminist or any of any of those things or an anti-colorist anti-racist you need to you this is where you start you start in your own home you know you start by calling out maybe your grandparents or maybe your parents and respectfully but um you need to start somewhere and i think until we don't speak they won't understand they won't understand until we don't say something because generally we don't i don't i don't think i've ever said anything against it um personally out of respect um but is it respect to me if i'm not stopping it like i'm being disrespectful to myself you know yeah and i think i i really i really resonate with what you're saying because um i tend to just i think growing up yeah i growing up obviously learning about what's not right and the inequalities that still exist but being able to call that out um, i live in an extended family so i live with my grandparents and i've started calling things out but what what happens it, i guess in return in i guess in return is that sometimes you're deemed as somebody who just keeps on talking for the sake of it or start getting ignored because you're labeled oh yeah she she usually just talks all of that nonsense that doesn't matter um and so how yeah how can i guess in your view um challenge that as well and ensure that the message is coming out uh, across and it's not being lost in that perception that oh she talks doesn't matter let's ignore her um i mean for me challenging that my way of challenging that was modeling because mm. that is that is an industry which is looked at as um you know as beautiful as um a confident strong industry in terms of um you know what they wear how they look their hair their makeup everything um so for me that's how i challenged that i said you know all my life i've heard so much i'm going to show them that that sort of um mentality came into play like i'm going to show mm -hmm. them that 
um, a, an industry that you look at as beautiful, I can be a part of too. Um, however, uh, in terms of the, in terms of everyone, you, you need. I think we need to start having simple conversations. Um, I know that they don't hear us out most of the time. I know that they will then call us. Oh, she just speaks for the heck of it. But I think if we start looking from their viewpoint, we put ourselves in their shoes, see what they've grown up with and what they've heard. Their parents probably said the same thing to them. Yeah. You know, um, it's not it. It's not like it came out of nowhere. It came from somewhere. And why they feel that way, I feel like we can start breaking that down from the inside. You know, um, from being in their mind and seeing how they think about it, we can start breaking that down from there. Um, just having general small conversations um, about, oh, um, you know, bringing a friend home that they may not accept, you know, seeing how they react to that and then having that conversation of um, why, why didn't they accept that friend and then seeing what they have to say because most of the times they have nothing to say in turn. They don't know. They themselves don't know why they're doing this, you know? And then, then you catch them off guard. I've definitely had a conversation where um, I've said something and they, and there's no, there's no retaliation because they don't know what to say back. And then that, that mind, the, the, their thought has just kind of broken down to she's right, but I don't want to say she's right but they know, at least they know, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's the approach because if you come from an attacking kind of stance, they're bound to get defensive and they're bound to react in a certain way. But when you come from a, from a place of understanding and really trying to, yeah, trying to really trace back to why that thought exists in the first place, um, I think that's super powerful. Um, and yeah, I think, I think those conversations need to happen more. I don't think they're happening. Um, right. And even though we know that, you know, that the aspect of colorism exists still so much within our community, for some reason, that conversation is still not being had. Um, and I think just coming back to your personal story and the struggles that you faced, um, how important has your personal supportive network been um, in really keeping you going um, and being there for you? Um, I would say I've been very blessed with having a very supportive family, um, whether it be my mom, my grandparents, um, even just my, even my aunts and uncles. Like I've been, it, I've been surrounded by people who are. Um, I, I would say they have a relatively modern approach to life and um, my grandparents don't live in India so they've lived outside of India for almost 30 to 40 years so they don't have a lot of the mindset that the South Asian community does have um, so in terms of my support I feel like I've been surrounded by amazing people um, and just seeing my mom take care of me growing up I think that really put that in my mind that like I can do something. I can do something on my own. I don't need the support of everyone around me. Like, yes, support is so necessary. However, she didn't have that support from her friends and some of her family members too. And um, when when I look at her and how, where she's come um, from, from being told all these horrible things, 
um, I feel like I can do it as well. Um, and in terms of um, like us being together and us talking to each other, I, I believe that like I've been so blessed to have her in my life where I can just tell her everything and not a lot of people do. I know friends and um, other family members that can't tell their parents what they want to do in life. They can't tell their parents um, how they want to live and who they want to be um, because they won't be accepted by their parents. Um, so I, I've been blessed in the sense of having having a strong support. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think, like you mentioned, I think, you know, everyone just at the end of the day wants that support and wants to be loved by their closest ones. And I think without that support, it can be crumbling for, for one to really, I don't know, um, keep themselves going sometimes. And so in terms of, in terms of um, your main aspirations and your inspirations um, in, in terms of what's kept you going, what, what has that been? What's kept you going through the obstacles you've faced? Um, so two things. Um, the first thing is wanting to um, promote this in young girls. I've, I've wanted for a long time for, for young girls to see what I do on social media in terms of the pictures I take and um, the photo shoots I go on, stuff like that. Um, I want them to see that and really just feel like they can do it too. Um, a lot of a lot of um, social media influencers and models are very cutthroat. The industry is very very cutthroat. However, I don't think that um, I personally am not a very competitive person in terms of um, having people go ahead of me or um, be more successful than me. I feel like everyone is where they they are because. Um, of who they are and everyone is accepted the way they are because of who they are. So I think that um, just having that like goal in mind that I want young girls and women to um, to really feel like they can do it too. Um, not just modeling, not just social media influencing. I am a STEM major. Um, there's not a lot of women in STEM either. Um, and so they, they just, they can, they can do anything that they set you know, in their mind. And, um, and in terms of like, their family accepting it, like, I feel like, if I speak about my story and telling my family how I wanted to be a model, or um, I want to go into STEM, I feel like they can be inspired by that. And that's what really kept me going and kept me um, focused on my goal and just wanting to get that, um, get that yeah. goal that's that's amazing and I think I think you you mentioned something so important there um in terms of um being in STEM and also have you know um still studying and um achieving what what you've achieved and there's still a lack of diversity and representation of women especially from a South Asian background within STEM itself and so to kind of have that um is so important um and I think I was, a question that came to my mind was um, what more also needs to be done in terms of supporting women of, of color, um, women from different backgrounds in STEM industries and in various other sectors from our community? Um, I think that, um, I think that support starts from um, our families. I think that 
not a lot of families tell their children to go into research. Um, I don't think they know about research. They don't, I don't think their children tell them, you know, I, when you're having that, you know, college major conversation, it's a very, um, it's a very uh, intense conversation usually. But when you're having that conversation, I think talking about, you know, going into um, engineering, math, or um, bio, or anything without being a doctor, without being an actual engineer, like, I think families don't know, parents don't know that that is an option. Um, and, and therefore, we're like lacking in that field. I feel like um, generally, a lot of uh, boys go into engineering and girls go into being a doctor. Like that is just, that is the way that is. Um, but, you know, what if we reverse that? What if the girls went into engineering? What if the girls went into um, the lab work or, uh, you know, making the next machine and the boys were doing doing the medical the medical route, you know? Um, I feel like having that conversation is uh, very important. I feel like parents don't know because it's not very spoken about. It's not very, like, they're not going to go online and research. You know, that's your, like, we're supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so when we do go online and research and when we do find something that we truly feel like we can do and we like, I think that we should talk to them. I don't think that, I think that, um, I don't think they're going to, say no to it I think that if we speak to them properly and if we you know really address like I know there's less women in STEM however I can be one of them you know I can be a part of that and um, talk to them in that sense I think they'll understand yeah no great and I I completely yeah I completely agree in terms of that understanding aspect and it does take time it definitely takes time but I think it's just persevering um, mm -hmm. and I've definitely learned that um, over the past few years. Um, so I think just um, in terms of um, in terms of the work that you're currently doing and um, raising awareness, raising awareness uh, about uh, around the issue of um, colorism in the community, how can how how can we help you, and what more can we do um, in this conversation um, and play our part in calling this out when we see it? Um, I think that definitely, you know, be be very aware of it. I think girls need to start doing research first. Um, I think it's very important to understand the issue before speaking about the issue. Um, so definitely do your research, definitely uh, read articles, read, uh, read about the industry, uh, like how much money they make and where this whole um, advertising this this comes from. Uh, I think that women who do use it, use products, or even men who use products need to start reading ingredients of these products. Um, they're not the very, they're not very nice ingredients to put on your face. So definitely do your research on all of that if you are thinking of using a product or if that's something that you already use. Um, definitely, you know, turn that package around, look at the ingredients and um, research your, do, do your research on the ingredients. Um, and maybe that will kind of um, change your viewpoint on the, on the product. Um, also, I think that um, talking to your family, start by, I think starting by just generally talking to your families about how you feel towards it. Um, don't talk about 
you know, what it is. Talk about how you feel towards it because honestly, families do care about you. They care about us. And if we talk about how we're feeling um, towards a certain issue, I feel like I feel like they'll get around to it because because of you, you know, they won't, they might not get around if you just tell them about the bigger picture. Oh, the world is being affected by it. Colorism is horrible. But if you talk about just from, from your heart, how you feel about it, I feel like they'll, they'll understand um, eventually. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And also just for sharing your story with us. Um, I think, um, I think it's just amazing what you're doing and how much you've achieved. And I, I always say this, and to all the women that I've spoken to, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy to stand up to to what you're currently faced with and the inequalities that still exist within our society and within our community. So, yeah, we will definitely want to keep in touch and see where you're at and however we can support you in this journey. Great. Thank you. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much. As highlighted during our conversation in this episode, more needs to be done to address colorism that's still present within our society today. Changing narratives and perceived norms that have been embedded within our communities for such a long time is definitely not going to be easy, but it's something that needs to be done needs to be addressed and will be worth it. Thank you so much for listening to our episode and supporting our journey so far. Stay safe and take care.